0: Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast. I'm Gavin Shaw, and tonight the New York Knicks actually did things right in the clutch, and you know what happened? They won the game. I'm going to tell you why and how right now on Locked On Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. There he comes right now. Infectious. infectious you who are locked on Nick and we are lucky enough to have today's episode brought to you by LinkedIn LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at LinkedIn.com slash mba But hey, who's talking to you? I'm Gavin Shaw, your favorite play-by-play broadcaster's favorite play-by-play broadcaster. I just want to thank you for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today. And every day we're now available on all platforms. And I think, I think most of you know at this point. But for those of you who are new, first of all, welcome. Second of all, we are now available on YouTube. So please go throw us a subscription there. Um, like comment, all that good stuff. It helps us. And Hey, make sure you never miss a video um, and you don't want to miss videos. And the New York Knicks are playing this well, coming off uh, one of their best wins of the season over the Philadelphia 76ers. It would have been pretty typical of, of, of this year's Knicks. And and honestly the Knicks for significant portions of Tom Thibodeau's tenure to, to put out a stinker against um, you know what? I, I I hesitate to say a stinker because over the last I don't know, 30 games or so. The Orlando Magic have been certainly not a great team, but a solid one, maybe even an above average one, um, led by one of the better young cores in the NBA. But th- th- this very, very easily could have been a trap game for the New York Knicks. When you, when you look at the schedule before this game, you look at the schedule after this game, this was the one that they quote unquote should win. And, and typically those are Kind of the ones the Knicks end up losing. That was not the case tonight. A 102 to 98 victory in Orlando over the Magic. It sounded like MSG. There at the points. The whole crowd was chanting, Defense. Defense. They were getting really, really into it for the Knicks. It was, it was, it was kind of it was kind of cool to watch. And in turn, the Knicks stars really came through, namely Jalen Brunson, a hyper-efficient night, 25 points, 9 for 13 from the field, 5 assists. But so much of that production came when the Knicks absolutely needed it most. 10 points and an assist in the final 3 minutes and 30 seconds of this game. Went 4 for 4 from the free throw line inside the final 10 seconds to help the Knicks seal this one up. And what stood out to me with Brunson – in terms of how he got those baskets um, were, were one, his, his composure, which obviously uh, I not, 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 not to rip on the guy, but, because uh, Julius Randle had had a pretty uh, significant play to, to help seal this game up uh, rebounding Paolo Banqueiro's uh, missed free throw uh, up by two were the Knicks at that point um, in pretty heavy traffic and then going down and hitting two free throws to ensure the magic couldn't get a last second three to tie things up. But I, I, I still think this game showcased the, the importance of keeping the ball in Jalen Brunson's hands versus Randall's hands down the stretch of games um, because Brunson just consistently flashes the ability to get easy separation. And Randall this year, we've talked a lot about how explosive he is. And there are moments where he is, is just beating his guy very cleanly off the dribble. Um, but I, I feel like late in games that happens far and few between first, just for the very simple reason that he he's a bigger target. He's inherently a little bit less slippery um, than Brunson is. And his style is a bit more brute force, right? It's, it's lower shoulder bump off of you and separate late in games. Um, especially like when lane is tends to be like a little bit more crowded and, and everyone's just a bit more locked in in terms of their help responsibilities. Like, it, it's it's harder to to play that bowling ball style of of, of basketball um but the, the the bigger difference is is just the the decision making and and how careful brunson is in the ball is is in the ball is is with the ball and how grounded his game is in fundamentals i mean you, you saw it i think it was uh, franz wagner and markel fultz at one point got got a double team on him and i was, I was watching the game on replay i was watching the magic broadcast and they they kind of came out of combat and like I have no idea how Jalen Brunson kept the ball in that situation. It was just a rapid fire crossover, just move the ball along. Um, and I can't, I can't even remember if they scored on that possession. But the point was that it wasn't a live ball turnover. Versus with Randall, um, he got it late in the game, one forty-two left. Jab step, jab step, tripped over himself and traveled. And and look, he he redeemed himself. He he made big shot after big shot during this game. This this is not me coming on and and, and trying to rip Julius Randall, but. Brunson is just sure hands. I mean, we, we can go through the end game sequence, had a start stop lefty floater with three minutes and 30 seconds left. Also got fouled and ended up missing the free throw. Then a double between the legs uh, pull up pop on Palo Bancaro, maybe like 17 feet out left elbow. Uh, that was cash Two twenty seven to go. And then beat Markel folds on a between the legs cross into a lefty floater banker with one thirteen left. Um, and then this was maybe my favorite play in the sequence. I'm um, attacked Fultz, got by him, um, and then drew Wendell Carter up. And, and that made a lot of sense. And that, that has kind of been the story of how teams have, have shut down the Knicks late in games ever since Mitchell Robinson got hurt. It is, it is because the center can step up and is generally pretty confident, like whether it's Isaiah Hardenstein, who, who's obviously been, uh, before this game, at least been playing exceptionally of late. Or Jericho Sims, um, they are probably not going to hurt us. But this time, um, Sims had a, a essentially perfectly time cut from the corner. But because he was coming from the corner, Brunson needed to buy a little time. And Brunson recognized that, added at the end of his move, like a little like one-two Euro step, shuffled it to Sims. Sims jammed it home. Um, and the New York Knicks were in business. And then, as mentioned, inside the final seven seconds, uh, four for four from the line. So after that, shout out to Knicks Film School's Jonathan Macri for pointing this stat out. Um, he actually moved one point ahead of De'Aaron Fox to for leading the entire NBA in clutch points. 120 on the season uh, with Fox only at 119. And if you're going to tell me. Uh, that guy's still not an all-star um, pending pending Kevin Durant South or, or anyone else in the Eastern conference missing the game uh, or I mean particularly with Kyrie Irving now in the West I'm, I'm not quite sure how that's being handled but uh, Jalen Brunson once again proving himself to be a deserving all-star this season because uh, he uh, is, is as good or, or better in the clutch than any single player in the NBA the other big adjustment for the New York Knicks in the clutch of this game was to foul um, opposing three-point shooters, obviously. Um, they've, they've gotten burned different ways this year, right? Because against Luca, like, they got the foul. Like, that's, that's nominally what the numbers tell you to do. And then Luca made one, missed a second, got his own rebound, put it back. And the Knicks somehow had uh, one of the most improbable losses in NBA history, right around a 1 in 14,000 chance of, of blowing that game. And they, and they did it. Um, and then, uh, all right, like Tibbs is like, I learned my lesson. We're, we're just going to play this out. Um, and then Nick Batum and the Clippers break their heart with the last second three, go to OT, knock them off, robbing the Knicks of, of a great win. And, and what could have turned into, I mean, who, who knows if they still win the Sixers game, if they win the Clippers game, but could have been, a one of the better weeks of the next season. And that, that went out the window. Um, say that to say the Knicks, the Knicks switch back again, this game, they fouled, um, down the stretch and they didn't give the magic an opportunity to get off a potential game time um, three-point shot. And you have to do two things. If you, if you play the foul game, um, if, if they, if they're making, you also got to make, and the Knicks did that again, Brunson four for four, Randall two for two, Knicks get out with a four point victory. Um, on top of that, you got to be able to secure uh, competitive rebounds. Um, and, and on those final bank shots, uh, Tibbs went with, um, and I, I appreciated this because, like this was um, in, in, a, in a week that's really been pretty great for Tom Thibodeau in terms of his in-game adjustments. He adjusted from that uh, Mavericks loss where he didn't have quite enough size on the free throw line. And he said, all right, I'm, I'm, I'm giving you everything I got. Isaiah Hardenstein in Jericho Sims in Julius Randle in. and That is Randle crashing from the second spot on the free throw line, securing a big time rebound in traffic that ultimately won this game for the New York Knicks. So see, it, it, we, we came around on, on Julius Randle. Um, when we come back, I want to get more depth on Randle's performance, talk about Emmanuel Quickly having um, another, I feel like a broken record with that. Every night is outstanding recently for Emmanuel Quickly. And of course, uh, typical from RJ Beck, kind of an up and down performance from him. But before I do that, I got to tell you guys about LinkedIn. As a small business owner or hiring manager, you know that success in 2023 all depends on the team members you surround yourself with. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. With LinkedIn Jobs, you can hire qualified candidates more efficiently by matching open roles with people who have the skills, values, and experiences to help you achieve your goals. I have certainly found that to be true on LinkedIn. I've only uh, ever operated as a hiree, not a hirer on LinkedIn, but it, it is it is incredible when like, I mean, I, I won't go into detail, but I had a recent experience with Someone who I, I worked with like I didn't I didn't even cross over with at my previous job but just kind of knew through like mutual LinkedIn connections and I hit him up and I said hey man like I really I really like what you're doing I would love to do that one day he said all right let me let me put you on a list and look, we'll, we'll we'll see where it goes but that never would have happened without LinkedIn and and on the flip side LinkedIn jobs helps you quickly attract qualified candidates to find open Jobs with targeting tools. They go beyond resumes data by using insights from your job post company. There are 875 million member profiles to put your post in front of the most qualified candidates. There's just no other site that matches that kind of volume. LinkedIn Jobs makes it easy to screen and rate applicants based on your job qualifications, all on one platforms. It's why small businesses rank LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competition. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash NBA. That's linkedin.com slash NBA to put your post for free. Terms and conditions apply. All right. With that, boys and girls, of course, uh, we are back on Lockdown Knicks. Uh, I'm Gavin Schell taking you solo through this one. Julius Randle, um, a really good night for the most part. 22 points, 14 boards, 6 assists. Did have four turnovers, and uh, I, I mean, maybe maybe I just can't help myself with them. I'm going to start with 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 kind of a dual-sided coin, um, and and that is Julius's um, efforts to draw fouls. Where I, I wrote this down early in the game, like there there are points this year where he he is he is brilliant at it, and this this wasn't really um, people can can tell me, but my memory is abandoning me. But as as far as I remember, not not really a skill of his. When he first joined the Knicks and it, it's almost like he just watched like Emmanuel Quickley's rookie tape on a loop, or, or if you remember Kevin Durant and, and, and Chris Paul, when they used to get fouls on, on, on swipe threes, but it, it's harder than ever in the modern NBA. Well, not harder than ever, but harder than it's been in the last decade to, to bait fouls um, on, on jump shots, and and Randall has become a master of it. I mean, just it, it's a, it's just a lot of subtle work pre-shot, like pumping, getting a guy up in the air, getting getting finding a hand in the cookie jar, and the second it's there, rising up. Like Emmanuel quickly is a genius at it. I, I would say outside of him, Randall is the next best guy. Well, okay, Jalen Brunson, but Randall Randall's is is probably the third best guy um, on the New York Knicks at, at doing just that. Um, but at times, I think he has fallen prey to being a little bit too reliant on it versus just being kind of like the, the, the bulldozing force uh, going downhill that has really driven his success this season. And he had two pretty bad turnovers in this game, um, trying to bait fouls, like one, one where he airballed a three and then one where he, like, he just kind of like threw up like a wing jumper that I think was also an airball uh and those are the kind of plays against the team slightly better than the orlando magic like could ultimately cost you a game we already noted the travel down the stretch but now let's talk about some of the good with julius Randle. what i always look for when i'm watching julius and 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 what i think is kind of a litmus test for whether or not it's going to be a good night for him um is how quickly he is is letting the ball leave his hands whether that is on a shot or on a pass and tonight um he he flashed both um one of my favorites was he, he was bringing the ball up and his head, this was uh, like late first quarter, maybe middle first quarter. Head was just on a swivel, right, darting around, darting around. Who's open? Who's open? Who is an advantage? Bringing up with some pace, saw Grimes um, was fairly uncovered, or his guy was kind of, kind of like asleep, or like sitting over and help. Quick pass to Grimes. Grimes uh, beats the closeout as he, as he always seems to be able to do. Sped in, double pump. It's an awesome play by Quinn Grimes, but it's one that that never ever happens if Randall is a split second later recognizing that he was open and making that pass. So that was, uh, that was fantastic um, for Julius Randle. Um, he had the bank shot going tonight. Was It was able to drive through the rim, like generate some contact and then get like, get some glass floaters to go in um and and just um the tough shot making is just always a necessary ingredient because sometimes the Knicks just don't don't run the prettiest offense I mean we see it from Jalen Brunson game in a game out I mean tonight it was Randall's turn like I think he I, I counted three threes in the first half where he had a guy right in his face and it it didn't even matter um and and he had one a step back over a double team to beat the shot clock and sometimes against again a, a team with uh, maybe not the best record in the world, but with some top line talent, even if it's really young. and guys like Franz Wagner and Paolo Banquero and man Markel Foltz look, I, I don't know if every bit the number one pick is accurate, but but every bit um, like the top prospect. He was he was once considered in this game and, and you know what Julius ensured that the Knicks, uh the Knicks didn't, didn't blow this one um, against a, a really tough young team and I think anyone who watched this game came away really respecting the Orlando magic uh, Emmanuel quickly has, has fully, fully, fully turned his season around after kind of a disappointing start. And, and you were in a place where, um, where you're like, all right, I guess, I mean, first 10 games of the season, I guess OB Toppin is breaking out and I guess Emmanuel quickly just sort of is who he is. And now it's, it's kind of funny. We're, we're uh, what are we? 40 games later now um, we are yeah about 56 games into the season, 46 games later, and it is an quickly. Who in reality has has made the big third year leap for the New York Knicks? Uh, Seven of fifteen from the field in on this one. Four for nine for three. Eighteen points. Four assists. Three boards. Thirty two minutes. Um, plus nine um, on, on a night where um, the Knicks' other, again, um, if you want to consider Manuel quickly shooting guard, the Knicks' other shooting guard, in R.J. Barron, thirty five minutes was minus nine. So that. That 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 is a trend that um, you can you can plug them in with different players, but like particularly like I was I was immediately go to like how they play with Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle, and it is clear at least at this point like quickly is a much better fit with those two. And and even though quickly has been fantastic on offense, it's not really because he's that much better offensively than R.J. Barrett. It's because he is such a better defender. But I I want to highlight um, a bit of his offensive game for. For showing how he has transformed for the better this season, and, and even within this season, and and, and to me, um, that is his ability to maintain his dribble and and his confidence in his one on one scoring. Like, like he had a play where um, he got he got Mo Bogner, um, the Magic Center, uh, the the older one, the less good one, uh, switched onto him, and and to Mo's credit, um, who's not not a great defender, certainly not a great rim protector. Like like Mo kind of shut him down initially, and and earlier the season quickly would have picked up the basketball, probably in the paint, pivoted around a few times and probably thrown it away or, or, or kind of just sent a live grenade to a teammate with the shot clock dwindling. And instead of doing that quickly um, just kind of faced back up on Wagner between the legs crossover a couple of times, got back to the middle of the floor and, and hit um, an extremely tough fade away uh, over Wagner. Um, and, and I was like, wow, cool moment. And like that, that was, that was progress in real time for Emmanuel quickly. And it's been building for a while um, had, had, a a two-play stretch where he hit back-to-back floaters um in the first half like one of them was a really tough eight-foot runner again i i just think that speaks to his confidence and uh, quickly like you're always you're always looking at the swag factor right like like there is that little bit of like steph curry dame lillard showman like no is he that kind of talent absolutely not but he has a little little bit of that flair in him like even like bones highland like who's who's uh probably a more talented offensive player than quickly, not not even, or at least a more talented scorer, not even close to like the same universe defensively as an annual quickly, but just just in terms of guys who have that, that innate sense of confidence and for quickly, I mean, maybe innate's the wrong word because at times it, you, you felt the last two years and it, it's waned a little bit, but it feels like it's back full throttle right now. Um, and you combine that with, with the three-point shooting, returning and, and a little bit of, of that step factor in terms of his ability to just kill opposing teams on relocation threes like him, him and randall had a great one randall got a rebound and like quickly like immediately darted behind him um, to the corner and, and you see those two developing a really nice chemistry when in the past like tibbs like essentially never let them play together quickly's first two seasons like now they're getting significant significant court time together and it's really paying off like randall um in this in this case is through no look behind the back pass to quickly in the corner quickly banged home um, the wink three. And, and then that, that kind of like, like when he starts getting those like easy ones on, on relocations, like you could tell his confidence in terms of self-generated threes goes through the roof. Like he, he had won again, got Mo Wagner on a switch uh, between the legs, snatch back, dribble, step back. Um, and it gave the Knicks uh, their first lead of the game since it was two to nothing, um, 90 seconds in the fourth. I think it was, I think it was 72, 71. Um, if, if I remember correctly, that, that was, uh, that was awesome from Emmanuel quickly. Uh, when we return, I want to wrap up talking RJ Barrett. I thought it was a pretty good night for Quinn Grimes. I want to touch on him, um, Isaiah Hardenstein, Obi Toppin, and Jericho Sims. All the rest uh, will we'll, we'll take you through this this next victory. Uh, but before I do that, I got to tell you about our newest sponsor here at Locked On. You know them, You love them. It is FanDuel. This year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel because it's America's number one sports book. Let me repeat that for everyone. America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for Locked On. This is the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to Fandle, they're e- that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. So download FanDuel so you can bet on Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. You'll get up to $3,000, wow. Back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. I'm going to be honest. I'm, I'm going to go crazy on, on, on a Super Bowl parlay this year. I really, really, really – maybe maybe this is crazy, but, I man, I just believe in Pat Mahomes. I I trust the Chiefs in this game. I trust the infrastructure. I trust Mahomes more than Jalen Hurts. So I'm, I'm going to throw some weird ones out there. Maybe, maybe Kadarius Toney goes over 50 yards. Who, who's to say? But – FanDuel, the, excuse me, the FanDuel app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get paid your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at fanduel.com slash locked on to claim your no sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's fanduel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, the official sportsbook partner of the NFL. And with that, we are back. Third and final segment here on Locked On Knicks. And I realized I didn't say it at the top of the show, so I'll clarify now. Um, for everyone who, who follows along, uh, I've, I've not been on the show for most of the last two weeks, and that's because I've, I've been on a West Coast trip first to Phoenix, uh, currently uh, doing this one from Los Angeles. Um, I know our audio was a little shaky. I was, I was trying out um, a, a road mic that I borrowed from a friend uh, the first time i did this i, I think I, I tested it out i think it's going to be better this time but uh let me know as, as rudely as you want in the comments if, if if that is not the case um and uh yeah and then alex is gonna wrap up the rest of the week for you guys and the next week i'll be back and, and we'll both be uh going full throttle uh once again um to take you through the rest of the next season um but for now we got to talk rj barrett right 35 minutes not a great night for RJ five for 16 from the field uh, three for eight from three, which is good. Just two for four from the line, 15 points, three assists in 35 minutes. We mentioned, um, in contrast to Quickly's plus nine, um, plus minus RJ Barrett, minus nine in 35 minutes. And as I always say, not always indicative of how someone plays in this case, I think it was pretty indicative for RJ where he was just, he was forcing the issue at points and and just had some tough sequences, but I want to give him credit because I think he bounced back in the fourth, um, had a had a three play sequence back to back to back where he hit a floater, then he hit a three, and then just had had uh, I, I thought easily his best offensive play of the day, um, where he ran a pick and roll like it was underneath the elbows, really close to the rim with Jericho Sims, and and again um, defenses at this point because Sims hasn't really proven himself to be an offensive threat just tend to ignore Sims, and, and RJ leveraged that by by taking this extra dribble middle, right? Like, Sims' man was already leaning his way, but going even further that direction, kind of pulled, I think it was Wagner, like a step further from Sims, and RJ just rapid fire, hook lob over his head. Sims jammed, that was great. And then RJ, um, he had one really poor defensive effort against Franz Wagner, essentially, like, just because his, his, he wasn't really in position, he didn't really do pre-work before Wagner got the ball. Like, he got blown by Wagner, got a dunk with... It was like 25 seconds left to to cut the lead uh, back to two, um, but before that, um, RJ had a great play on Paolo Bancaro, who was just um, kind of bulldozing his way uh, through through the Knicks um, on and off in, in the fourth quarter, and RJ stuck with him, used that core strength and and blocked the shot. And when it, whenever I see, or, or at the very least got a deflection on it, whenever I see plays like that with rj barrett i kind of i kind of wonder like all right like maybe is he better off guarding fours in some matches because Palo is like 610 250 maybe maybe more realistic, like 260 270 pounds of pure muscle and like look I, I wouldn't i wouldn't want rj on him for a full game but rj really held his own from a physical perspective and he might be kind of similar to james harden where like occasionally it feels like someone threw some rocks in their shoes but like you try to try to post them up, try to go right at their chest. Like you're, you're going to have some issues because those guys are, are strong as you could possibly imagine. Um, Quinn Grimes, I already mentioned the the closeout. He got um, off the nice pass from Julius Randall, but I, I, th- I thought there were, there were some other like little signs of progress from Grimes. Like his um, his ability to attack closeouts was such a weapon for the Knicks. Like the first 15 to 20 games, he was back and then it fell off a little bit. And that's because I, I think teams kind of had the scout on it. And Grimes wasn't really varying what he was doing. He would beat the initial line of defense, but then his goal was like, it, it was it was a one-two decision. There, were, there was never a third option. It was either, right, I'm going I'm to be open, I'm going to go up for the layup, or even more ideally, like I'm going to shuffle it off to a big for a dunk at the last second. And teams are, are kind of covering up those options better than ever. So what did Grimes do when he attacked the closeout? I think it was, what was it, like the fourth? Uh, not, not the fourth position of the game, but like late in the first quarter. Um, he stopped and he kind of pivoted in midair that like did like a little double bump and just kicked it spun around, kicked it out to a wide open Julius Randle for three. And instead of just, I, I think a lot of times in, in these situations he's, he's been reading um, the opposing center and whether they step up or not on a shot, but he's not reading the rest of the court on that play. He read the entire court, saw where everything was moving, played the chessboard perfectly, got an open three pointer for Julius Randle and the only other thing I saw from him that was, that was kind of cool was um, his ability to, to use, um, like, a hesitation. Um, and, and maybe that's something he's gotten from Jalen Brunson a little bit, though. He, he's always, well, like, he's not great at it on closeouts. He is good at it on drives. But he beat his man and, like, and just kind of paused for a second. Like, the whole defense kind of, like, relaxed. And then he just burst to the rim. And, and got a layup straight down mainstream. We see Brunson do that over and over and over again. So I wonder if, if in practice that's something maybe Rick Brunson, um, the Knicks assistant coach and Jalen's dad, is emphasizing to Quentin, or, or maybe that's just like Jalen's going up to him saying, like, hey, man, just, just pause for a sec because it seems to freak everyone out and then you just get a wide open layup. So that was really, really cool. Um, I, uh, Obi Toppin was, was really aggressive in this game, which is great. Um, is just is still continuing to really struggle to find a shot 0 oh, for 6 from the field 0 oh, for 4 from 3 did have six rebounds in 14 minutes which is really good for him including three offensive rebounds one of which led to a big jericho sims dunk um did go three for four from the line which is fine um kind of a mixed bag for obi but i wanted to highlight sims because he started off the game with really good rim protection and i, I just thought that faltered as the game went along and his, his biggest issue for me is like at times like for someone who is is built like a greek god and can fly up in the air. He seems awfully scared of contact. Like he, um, there was it, it was, it was on Palo, like where he just, he, he just, he just goes too deep in his drop and he doesn't give himself a chance to get a real contest on some shots. And against a premier scorer with size like Bankero, like you're, you're not, if you're jumping late, like you're, you're either going to foul or, or you're not going to get a good contest on it because, some like the the elite athletes in the NBA there. I mean, not that Sims is an elite vertical athlete, but in terms of that quick jump ability, like he needs a little bit of time to spring up and and you're not going to beat a star wing um, in in that race in the air. And that that was evident on that play. There was another one where, and I don't know, he might've gotten hooked on this play because I think, I think it was Wendell Carter. Like they, they were kind of like backing each other down, but, but again, like Fultz got like that late dunk where he just spun off quickly and got right to the rim. and, And Sims was, under the basket, but nowhere to be seen in terms of contesting the actual dunk. So that, that is my kind of big concern for Jericho Sims. Anyways, uh, that wraps up this edition of the Locked On Knicks podcast. Big Knicks win. Um, I'm Gavin Shaw. Alex Wolfe, uh, my fantastic co-host, who I forgot to say at the beginning of the show, but um, it's just great, is the editor-in-chief of The Strickland, the greatest Knicks website out there. So go check out all their work on all forms of social media at thestrickland. Um, he's going to have you covered for the Knicks game on Friday against the Sixers. Assuming we, I, I, assuming we do one for Saturday morning, if not, uh, we'll just have you covered through the trade deadline, um, tomorrow, uh, which will be really exciting. I might even, I might pop on if the Knicks make a move. So maybe, maybe we'll get both of us, but if not, um, I'll be back next week in full force, fully rested. Um, and yeah, just, just appreciate you guys. Thanks for listening. And we'll talk to you soon on Locked on Knicks.